Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ever wonder what separates cloud innovators? Find out. Download the Deloitte U.S. Future of Cloud Survey Report. Closing the cloud strategy, technology, and innovation gap at Deloitte.com slash U.S. slash cloud survey. Deloitte. All right. On that note, let's continue with a special guest. Okay. Well, uh, today we're very happy to be joined by uh, WCIA uh, CBS uh, affiliate in Champaign-Urbana uh, sports director, Brett Behrens. And so this is a, a very interesting uh, kind of booking because, you know, obviously this is a local sportscaster. I know probably not everyone who listens to the podcast knows local sportscasters, uh, but I was interested to talk about the role of the sports broadcaster in this era, an era where Sports Center is not what it really even used to be. What is it still today? What is the impact of social media and all the uh, the ease with which people can see highlights on that role? But you know, when I was going to ask Brett to to come on the show, uh, I actually was not aware of of his personal story uh, when I went to go do this. And so we are going to talk about that because it's an incredible story. Uh, but we're going to start out talking about some of the basics of this job in this era as well. So Brett, we are very happy to uh, to have you joining us and uh, looking forward to uh, hearing your insights. Thanks guys, appreciate the opportunity. Happy to share today and, and I'm just a guy trying to figure it out, but I've been doing it for a little bit of time, about a dozen years now. So I, maybe I got a, a little bit of an idea of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to start out kind of on that subject. So we know, you know, for all of us of a certain age, highlights were very different when we were growing up, right? You would wake up in the morning and you would not know what happened in the game the previous night. And you would find out from Stuart Scott. I found out that Kobe Bryant scored 81 points from Stuart Scott, right? That's how you would find that stuff out. You wouldn't know what the result of the game was until you tuned in to SportsCenter, which for young people today is completely just not at all something they could even, you know, imagine. On the local level, is it at all different? Because you are dealing with a, maybe an older audience watching the local affiliate. They may not be tuning into Twitter or House of Highlights, right? And beyond that, you're covering the local team. You're covering Illinois football. You're covering high school football. Is there at all any difference in your role that you've seen with the changes that we've seen with social media making it so much easier for people to follow games? hundred percent. If there is not changes, I would question what you're doing. I say all the time to myself and to my team, how are we staying relevant in this new era of digital media? Because for me, what I do at six and 10 every night is still important because ultimately that's what my bosses care about most. They get more money out of spots and advertisements that run on TV than they do in social media but it's my job to produce content in a new age of social media. And so I ask myself all the time and I question my team all the time as a leader, how are we staying relevant and what are we doing? I think it's such a basic question, 
John, but it comes down to this is if you don't know what you're doing and why you're doing it, then I question what you're doing. And I know that sounds very simple, but in a new age, it's more than just, let me get a web story up real quick. Well, that's true. And that's important to me and what I cover here on a local level. And that's primarily Illinois basketball and football. But how am I catering to both sets of audiences? And so I've had a complete mind shift in, in a sense of, okay, yes, I know what I'm doing at six and 10, but I don't even touch that stuff most of the time until three, four, five o'clock sometimes. It's what am I doing on the web right now that can pace all of that? And what I tell our advertising team here is, I don't really know how you make money off of that because that's not my responsibility. My job is to produce great content. And I feel like we do that at the local level. It's their job to figure out how to sell it. And I think somewhere in the middle that intertwines. And so for me, it's about how can I best get the content that we've got? Because I believe, John, that people today are more hungry for content than they've ever been before. It's more readily available. That also means there's more noise out there for you to fight through, as opposed to highlights that were on ESPN, you know, say 20 years ago. I'm that same generation. I grew up watching the Sports Center of Stuart Scott and Dan Patrick and all of those guys. And I would watch it three or four times a morning. And that's what I wanted to be. And that's in large part why I'm here today, because I thought it was really cool that you got to talk about sports in a visual medium on, on TV. And so, yes, it has to be different from that. If it's not, then my question is, what are you doing? Because that's a reason in a part, and it may be a small part, but in a reason why so many news directors across the country have just either cut sports, cut sports time, you know, or just in essence said sports are not that important. I disagree completely, whether it's the biggest thing you cover NFL for us here in our market, it's college in, in Illinois, and then the high school, it's all relevant. How you're presenting that information, both digitally and on air has to be different, but it still has to be there. And you still have a hunger for that. I am more convinced than ever people want it. They just consume it in different ways. And so when you are doing that traditional end of the newscast bit, right, that, you know, we've been seeing since, who, who, who was it, Warner Wolf? Am I right about that, TJ? <laughs> That's a New York name. That's before yeah. Brett's time, probably, too. That's a New York name. And Warner's famous line is, let's go to the videotape. He would always say that in the New York sports cast with whatever back in the 70s and the 80s when they would go back and, uh, and look at it. So good reference there, John. Good old school yeah. reference. Well, I don't I don't know if it was Warner Wolf that I remember from those local affiliate uh, broadcasts when I was growing up, but it was uh, whichever one it was. He wasn't Marv, but he looks like Marv Albert. Do you know who I'm talking it's about? Probably him. Yes, it's probably him. He was a New York sports casting legend. And, the, you know, in almost any market, there are sports casters that you just kind of grew up with, depending on how old you are, 70s, 80s, 90s or whatever, that were doing the local sports, which is what your point right. is. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, just a digression there. But, you know, when you're doing that role, that traditional role we've seen so many times for so many years, is it at all different doing that role in this era? Or is that still the same as, as you would have done it before? It's different from certainly 20 or 30 years ago when I go back and look at the archives. And for me growing up watching local television, which is what I did. I'm originally from this Champaign-Urbana area. I grew up watching a guy named Chris Widlick, who's in Indianapolis now. And I joke with him all the time that I'm the guy that wanted his job and now I have it. And I tell him that when I see him all the time, it's funny how small the world is sometimes. But when I go back and watch his tapes or Dan Roan from WGN, who recently retired, 
and, and that's the late 70s and early 80s. What we do now and what I preach to my team is completely different than that. They're rolling two, two and a half minute highlight packages and just explaining the game as they go. What I try and do is provide storytelling within that. Yes, the highlights are still there. It's going to be a part of that. But I'm trying to convey to my audience something that they can't get anywhere else at this market and in this medium of television, and that's storytelling. And I think that's the the cure-all, be-all between that and what can bind people and what can get them to watch is because WCIA, where I work, my employer, is going to tell me a story, not just about the highlights of the game, but take you inside of that. And I know that sounds so simplistic and everyone does that or tries to do that in a sense. But for me, can I get strong characters? Can I tell you a story about the game? Yes, the game happened. But if I can take you inside of what happened, then to me, I have something that no one else in this market is providing. And I think that is the avenue to continue with what we're doing in TV and media as a whole. Because like I mentioned before, I think people want that stuff. How they're consuming it is, is just completely different. So for us, yes, the highlights are still going to be there, but I'm going to drive the storytelling element and then drive to the web even more with videos that we produce for the web. You know, it's interesting too, after a game, we, you know, we go get all this video of the game. We'll get the post-game press conference and all of that. Unless I'm on a strict deadline for TV, the first hour to hour and a half of what I do after that game is completely digital. I don't even touch what I'm doing on TV. And that's the kind of mind shift set that I'm talking about and how to stay relevant. And that's, I'm a firm believer in that. And we've had great success with it here. And it even goes farther than that in terms of, uh, you know, we started a, a pregame and a postgame show, digital only in this market, in market 90. No one else is doing that on television in the visual form. Yes, the radio has a pregame show and certainly a postgame show. But we're investing into the product when there's an avenue for it. And we've had great success. We had more than a half a million viewers last year in Market 90 for Illinois football and basketball for our pregame and postgame shows. That wow. tells me that people there are interested. And that's in you know, a small market. You know, I, I can only imagine what that would be is if, if we were covering an NFL team or, or a bigger market. Let me give you a great reference point just because you brought that up in terms of that. I'm talking with the NBC affiliate here in Tampa Bay, which is WFLA-TV, appropriate for Florida, FLA, being the old school abbreviation. They are going to run a pregame show prior to the Buccaneer-Dallas Cowboys Sunday night opener that uh, they could almost ask whatever price they want for the advertising because they know they're going to have somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 or 400,000 people amped up yes the other nfl games will be ending and going on but when their pregame show comes on to get ready prior to the nbc national football night in america pregame show it's exactly what you're talking about and then when they are on after the game right after the game is over with with their newscast etc they know they're going to probably have double or triple or maybe more brett of the audience because of the lead-in of the end of the buccaneer cowboy game particularly if it's close to take advantage of those things. So I wonder, while I have the floor here for a second, Brett, in the local market, 
Is it a bigger deal now for the subjects you cover, whether it's high school sports or going to cover Illinois when you're there because they see you on the local TV all the time that, wait a minute, you're here. It carries more weight. They're here at our Friday night high school football or basketball game. What about that aspect for you? Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I will say this, there, there are strong ratings at our station. I know ratings across the country and local TV are not great. We're a, let you know a, a legend station in a sense you know we're a legacy we've been number one in our market forever and so yes that does carry weight when we go other places and we have the title your Illini nation for us that's important as the official television station whatever that means but when we go to those high school places and once again this is just trying to capitalize of, of what you do best we know what we do best and that's illinois and high school is really important in that and we crush our high school shows on Friday night as well, routinely getting 13, 14, 15 games a night, but or you know, on, on a Friday night. But when we go those places, people know that we are the Illinois station. When I have people when I'm out in high schools, they come up and talk to me. Yes, they want to talk about their team and and you know, they're a local, hey, what do you think of us this year? Well, whatever. But primarily, they want to talk about Illinois because they know we are the Illini station. And I think that carries so much weight into that, if, if that's what you're getting at, because it, you, you develop a brand. And I think that brand is still strong. And that's also why, guys, I have committed myself when I've been sports director here to, to management. I said, hey, we're going to travel. When even the local newspaper here wasn't going to games, away games, when Illinois was bad and they were bad for a long time. I said, we need to invest in when other people are pulling out because of those same things. I believe it still holds weight. I believe people still care. And we have done that now. And people now expect us to be at every home game and every away game, which we have been for several years. And, and I think that also holds weight. Like I mentioned, people want information. How they're gathering it is the most important thing that for me as a local broadcaster, I can do my best every day to give them that in different platforms. You know, I think it's very interesting. You know, you, you talk about being the Illini station. So in that role, you know, you're also independent, you're a CBS affiliate, you're a newscast. Do you feel the same kind of pressures that say, an RSN might feel to not necessarily be too critical. As you said, Illinois for a long time really has not really had the great seasons, right? So do you feel that same level of, well, we can't be too critical here. We want to make sure that we're, you know, not irritating the fan base or even maybe the administration. No, I find it the other way, actually, John, to be honest with you, because I think people want realness on TV and in, in, in their media for so often we're just consumers of information that we're questioning. Is it false or is it not? I just try my best to be as honest as possible, to not have a side, not have an agenda, which is the old school TV of, of doing things, right? Hey, let's just give you the facts for what it is. That's why we have analysts to do that. And we pay our analysts on our local television station in Market 90 to give that information. And I try and relay that as much to them. I just ask real honest questions and try and get the most honest answers I can. And I have found that if, if you just give the people real honest critique of what it is, they're way more willing to be reciprocal in that. If Illinois is bad, I say Illinois is bad. And they've been bad for a long time. Basketball has turned it around here recently. But instead of trying to, you know, sugarcoat things, even though we have a partnership with Illinois, 
And I've been told by leadership over there too, that they respect that they know when they're bad. So instead of trying to uh, sugarcoat our audience into something that's not, if Illinois is bad, I say Illinois is bad. And I have no problem doing that whatsoever, both on air and digitally on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's the voice of Brett Barons. We love Brett's insight. He is the sports director of WCIA TV. Great acronym too, but it stands for Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> uh, Channel 3, the CBS affiliate in the Champaign-Urbana uh, area. And he is with us on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. All right, so maybe we buried the lead to use the, uh, the old school journalism phrase. What a phenomenal story you are away from the job. Uh, for those that are not aware, you had what can best be described as a near-death work accident, nearly took your life some 16 years ago. Incredible story. We encourage people to look more into your story. Uh, the YouTube video that your family and friends and the people that saved you did is just amazing. Um, you overcame a ton to be where you are. What message would you have to our audience about your story of perseverance and what has now led you to a broadcasting career. You're married, you're a father of, of three. What message do you have to our audience about your story, Brett? So just a little backdrop there. I was 18 years old working a cell phone tower job. I thought it'd be fun to just work construction, build cell phone towers. I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I like to do things that get your heart racing, you know, going skydiving, doing all those kind of things that my wife just closes her eyes at. And so 18 years old, a friend of a friend hooks me up with this job, and I got catapulted 80 feet into the air working, trying to build a cell phone tower at just 18 years old. My life was changed in an instant, spent 54 days in the hospital, 13 days in a coma fighting for my life, had a lot of injuries, spent the next two years recovering. The biggest injury was a left leg below knee amputation, about six inches below my knee. Needless to say, my life changed in an instant. When all of my friends were out doing things that normal college kids do, I was trying to learn how to walk again. And all, all along, I've known that I've wanted to do what I'm doing right now, which is pretty cool and full circle. And so in seventh grade, when I missed the boys basketball team, I said, well, maybe uh, this sports thing isn't going to work out for me. And, and I started to get really curious about media and working in media and what that might look like. And so all along, I had a vision and a dream to be in a position of where I am right now. And that's why I kind of mentioned Chris Whitlick earlier when I joke with him about that, that I'm now the young punk that, that has his job that he used to have. But for me, I say it every single day at work. And sometimes it's figurative and sometimes it's literal as this business goes so often. But I say I'm living the dream because I honestly, I am in a sense I'm very privileged and honored to have the job that I have and get to do what I do because I was just a kid growing up watching Illinois. Now I get the honor and, and privilege to cover them. And the path hasn't taken me down the road I thought it would, right? No one ever envisions themselves getting in a traumatic accident, learning to walk again, learning to walk with a prosthetic. But all along through this whole thing, TJ, I've just said, okay, I'm not going to let this stop me. I have a faith that's bigger than my plan and my vision. And in Christ, I've said, okay, I'm going to continue to do what I'm, I have a dream of doing. Yes, I've had setbacks along the way. There's been things that haven't gone my way, but I've said, I am going to do the best that I can do every single day to maximize the opportunity that I have, because ultimately I have a second chance. You don't just fall six stories that's what it was. That's about what 80 feet is, is six stories of a building. You don't just fall that far and not have any head trauma, not be, you know, in a wheelchair paralyzed. There's a whole list of things that 
I don't have. And a leg is part of that in an amputation. But I've also said, there's so many more things that I do have in a second chance. And ultimately, that is on me. And every day I make a decision when I get out of bed and put my prosthetic leg on, if I'm going to make the most of this opportunity in this day or not. And while we all have those opportunities, some of us don't think of them every day like that. For me, it's right there in my face every single day when I get up. I either have a choice to make this positive or I don't. And I don't get it right every single day. But through my experiences, I'm thankful that I do have this perspective. And for me, that's the biggest thing. It's all about perspective, right? I get to do things. I get to do them. Because when they're taken away, we realize how precious life is, number one, and how great our opportunities really are. And so for me, that's been my opportunity. That's been my chance and my second chance. And I've just tried to make the most of it every opportunity that I've had. Amen on that. John, anything else? Yeah, you know, um, just uh, like TJ said, just to echo what he said, it's uh, really an amazing story. You know, I, I'm familiar with your your work. I actually, uh, I was saying this earlier, I was not aware of your personal story until I was going to ask you to be on the podcast, because it was really just going to be about those changes in the industry. And it's really an incredible, uh, an incredible thing. You know, one of the things I was going to ask you, just based on all of this is it's so rare in TV and media to see reporters who have had to go through things like you've had to go through or are, you know, dealing with the loss of a limb or anything like that. Do you feel like you are providing through your work, through your visibility, you know, an inspiration at all to people who may think because, oh, I'm missing an arm or I, I, I have this issue or that issue that I can't go into TV. Do you see yourself as providing an, an, an example to them? I hope so, because the biggest thing I hope that I can show to people, whether it's in TV or not, is that you can do whatever you want to do, no matter your circumstance. Yes, there are things that are prohibitive to me. But that doesn't mean that I, I have to let that stop me from doing what I want to do, you know, and I think it is different too in a visual medium, you know, if, if there was some things that have happened or, or whatever else, yes, that might be uh, different from a visual standpoint, you know, if, if I had a big scar on my face or whatever else that might be, I'm not trying to, you know, summarize something that didn't happen because it's, it's not the case. And I have a face for radio in that sense too, right? But like, that doesn't mean you can't do those things. It just means that maybe people would look at you a little bit differently. I'm, I'm very blessed and fortunate for that. My, my biggest thing though, like I said, John, is just the fact that, hey, look, things happen in life, but don't let your circumstance completely change what your dreams may be and, and what you want to do. And if you have a dream to do it, then you should absolutely pursue it. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but it means that if you put the time and the work in, that you can absolutely become whatever you want to become, whether in TV or in life. And so, yes, I've had to adapt some things the way that I do running up and down the sideline with a camera. You know, I, I don't run necessarily very well. And so, uh, you know, yeah, you, you may have to make some changes with what you do and, and come up with some adaptations for however that might look from the normal quote unquote sense. But that doesn't mean it has to stop me. And the other thing that I want to say in that too is my story I think has allowed me to empathize with other people and telling their story and hearing their stories, because ultimately what we do is storytell when, when we go out and turn packages and stories and, and whatever that may be. And so I think I'm I, ultimately I'm thankful 
you know, I, I wouldn't write this, right? If, if I could rewrite the story, which we can't obviously, but if I could rewrite it, I would love to have my leg back. But at the same time, it's allowed me to have a perspective that very few people have. And so when I go to tell a tough story, I feel like I have a different sense than that, you know? And so would I get my leg back if I could? 100%, absolutely. But it's allowed me to have a little bit different view on life and on stories that I tell. And so I do think that has provided me an opportunity that some other people maybe haven't had. And so I try and take that to my advantage as well. And, you know, people always ask too, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great way to interact with people. And I just appreciate people come up and say, Hey, what happened to your leg, man? You know, or just whatever that else that may be. Uh, it's a, it's a conversation starter in that sense. And I will say maybe the one positive thing is it allows me to be remembered. And I don't want to like say that in a, uh, Hey, look at me way. But like when you're meeting people for the first time or, you know, you're getting to know an athletic director or a coach or whatever else, they're probably going to remember that that dude has one leg, right? So like, I, I do think that has kind of set me apart in, in that sense. Once again, trying to just turn things into a positive every chance that I get. So I have two, two things actually in closing. One, you've been in the champagne market for a long time as a sports director. Do you aspire to move up? I'm not trying to be your agent. I'm not trying to look out for <laughs> you, but you certainly have a look and a skill set that would allow you to do that. Do you aspire to do that? Or are you kind of content right now, personally, family-wise, professionally, where you are? What about that? So I've been here, this actually my start of my 10th year now. I just finished my ninth year at the station last Friday. I thought I'd come here for a couple of years and, and move on because the people above me, I didn't think they'd go anywhere. And so often how the story works. And I should say, too, I took a, a lateral move to come here because it was home. My wife and I had our first child in 2013. She's now nine. Where does the time go? Right. And so I was very, very fortunate to move up quickly on the ladder here and become sports director at 28. Whether I was ready for that or not, who knows, but it's worked out well for me. But I'd love to try somewhere else. You know, I think for me professionally, I feel like I'm ready for that. We'll see what happens personally, though, because there's always this mix of professional and personal. It has to be right for your family. I've got three kids and a beautiful wife who all support me. My family is in the Champaign-Urbana area. So is my wife's family. This job is very difficult time-wise, right? You're, you're working nights. I'm traveling, doing different things. And so we've been very fortunate to raise our three kids who are now nine, seven, and almost three with the support of family. We'll see what happens in the future. I'm always open to different things and, and trying something because I, I do believe you can get to a point in a market where you've pretty much done everything you can do. And so pr professionally, I'm, I'm eager to see what that might look like. Personally, though, it's the pull of, okay, well, my family's here. How do you mix those two? It's always a tough call. And on that subject of family and the kids, because I, you don't know this, I have 14-year-old twins, and right now they're girls. They roll their eyes at everything with dad, including whether he has <laughs> any celebrity or fame. I hear you laughing, and you may be there soon or already there with a nine-year-old. Do the kids think it's cool that dad is on TV and covering this? Do they perk up when they see you on TV, et cetera? I'm just curious about that as a father. Is that a cool thing? Yeah. I think it's more cool for my parents and my in-laws, to be honest. I don't know if my wife watches me very on it very often. I, in fact, I know she doesn't because she's taking care of them. And my son, who's seven now, is really into sports. My daughter doesn't care about sports at all. She's like more into dance and music and all that kind of stuff, which is great. And I support her 100% in that. When I come on, they're like, oh, dad's just on TV, whatever, you know. But my son, he thinks it's more cool, not that I'm on TV, but like I get to talk with 
Isaiah Williams for Illinois or Kofi Coburn or Io assume he's a huge Io fan, you know? And so that's what he thinks is really, really cool when, Hey, yeah, daddy knows all those guys. You know what I mean? John, anything in closing? Well, you know, uh, actually, TJ, you took my question. I was going to ask about, uh, you know, future plans. You know, obviously, Champaign-Urbana, number 90 market, as you've said. Uh, ultimately, uh, I would be curious, when you think about bigger markets, you talk about family, you know, the reality of the matter is Champaign is, uh, you know, Champaign-Urbana is a relatively kind of sedate place in terms of certainly cost of living, uh, certainly not necessarily some of the other aspects that you see in bigger cities that can get a little dangerous at times. Would that be something that would factor into your to your calculus? The fact that ultimately it's, you know, it doesn't have some of the other problems that the bigger markets might have. Absolutely. And I think it has to be the right mix. I've got a great job. I'm not just going to pack up and leave here for a, another job that pays the same or less. And I think that's part of the other tricky mix too. And this is a whole local TV, pro a whole media problem. Let's be real. It's not just local TV. People are getting jobs younger and younger in markets that are bigger and bigger, whether they're ready for it or not. And the reality is that's because stations, newspapers, whoever, whomever can pay them less. And so you, you get this mix of like, okay, well, I have 12 years experience, 13 years experience in this business. I'm not willing to go work for a, a lower number that someone that's 25 or 26 would willing, be willing to go work for in market 25 in Indianapolis, let's say. So that is prohibitive in a sense. And that's a disturbing trend just as a whole in media especially in local TV, we're just cost cutting, cost cutting, cost cutting, especially in sports. We don't see value in sports. Why do we want to pay this person what they're worth? And so I think that has to be part of the equation as well. And you never know. I've, I've always said all along, I came here, I thought I was going to be here two years. I've been here 10. You, you never know what's going to happen in life. And so uh, we'll see where the big guy upstairs ultimately leads us. But for right now, I'm just trying to make the most of every single chance I get. And uh, I always say this too, you know, I don't root for the teams that I cover, but I sure have a heck of a lot more fun when they win. So uh, we'll see if what, uh, what the teams have done here and, and what Illinois can continue to do. Cause uh, you know, I sure wouldn't mind spending bowl game, Christmas, new year's somewhere else. And that's it, warm. I know that much, John. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe Illinois will make the uh, Fiesta Bowl one of these days. Yeah, so. maybe. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, best of luck with everything going forward. And, uh, you know, uh, here's hoping we'll uh, hear your name more often uh, on a national level, too. Guys, thank you so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Be well. Brett, it was great. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. You say you'll never join the Navy. Never track storms in the Atlantic or skydive as part of your commute. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Learn why at Navy.com. America's Navy, forged by the sea. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.